Thank you very much for tuning in today to the Millennium Beat Podcast. My name is Kevin James. I am the host, and I do have a co-host today, Nelson Melendez. How you doing? All right. Well, you're lucky. You're privileged to be here because I have this great guy on the phone, and I've known him for quite a few years. I knew him as a youth pastor. Um, not my youth pastor, but my staff. Um, I was on his staff, so get that straight. Man. Yeah, I was going to say, because if he was your youth pastor, <laughs> then he don't sound very old on the, on the phone right no, now. No, he doesn't. So, Well, his name happens to be Paul Turner. He's the author of the Prepared for Impact, the Discipleship Project, the Youth Ministry Playbook. He is a youth communicator, camp speaker, youth ministry coach. He served as youth pastor for 30 years. Wow. And uh, he happens to have the number one youth ministry podcast on the planet wow not the world the planet wow so what's the difference between the world and the planet i don't know we'll have to ask him so everybody okay, will ask him welcome paul turner hey guys glad to be here uh i may have the number one youth ministry podcast on the planet but i am shooting for the universe so if there are <laughs> other planets that uh People okay. who want to listen and have youth ministries on other planets, which we don't know about yet, I mm -hmm. will try to reach them. Okay, well, that's good. That's good. So let's tell our audience uh, a little bit about Paul Turner and where he's from. Well, uh, I originally grew up, uh, one thing we share, Kevin, is uh, is the fact that we are both originally Northerners. Uh, and right. uh, I grew up in New York City until uh, I was about 13 or so. Uh, and then... Uh, Due to my dad uh, passing away, uh, I wound up uh, living with my grandfather. My, my mother and I moved to Florida. And, um, and then moving to Florida, it was really that point that was super uh, transformational for me because uh, around the corner from where uh, my grandfather lived and where we were living with him uh, was uh, some kids who I got to know who um, uh, went to a camp. And uh, they were involved in a program uh a counselors and training program, and I wound up getting involved uh, with them, and uh, wound up actually uh, going to that camp, uh, giving my heart to the Lord, and um, and uh, you know living in uh, in Florida in Vera Beach. There, uh, I eventually wound up you know going to the camp for several years as uh, you know as a CIT and eventually becoming a counselor and all that kind of good stuff, and uh, and actually worked there full time. So. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's, you know, how my, my brief uh, history uh, started out, at least in, in you know, uh, working with the camp and, and eventually, uh, you know, speaking there and those kind of things. Now, we have another thing that in common between the three of us. Um, you grew up as a Catholic, didn't you, Paul? I did. Yeah. Sure did. For 17, 17 years, I went through the whole, the whole, the spiel. whole spiel, buddy. <laughs> well, <laughs> we're uh, three Catholic boys, you know. Here yeah. Cause... Were you an usher? Uh, were you a... Uh... Uh, what altar you boy. call altar boy? altar boy? Yeah, I was not an altar boy. I was. I don't oh, see, I then you're the man out then, because him and I, we we were both kind of like altar boys there. Well, I don't think I was. I don't think I was coordinated enough. I don't. I don't, <laughs> think, I don't think they saw any coordination in me. I don't think I could have <laughs> done the things that I was being asked to. That I would have been asked to do. Oh, right. really? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Now you said, <laughs> how old again were you when you moved to Florida? I was probably 13. I was probably between 12 and 13 years old. It was seventh grade, so uh, I was going into seventh grade. And, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, so I think that's about, about where I was. So um, let's tell some interesting stories of your youth. <laughs> well, what kind of stories would you like to hear, Kevin? I don't know. Um, okay, you moved down here. You said you're 13. Um, were yep. you a good little Catholic boy? 
did everything right. You know, you know right. I tried to be. I tried to be. Yeah, well, I tried to be. Uh, I, you know, I, and this is the, the interesting part where, where I think where youth ministry started to become very, very important to me was the fact that the Catholic Church, I was trying to, I mean, I made my confirmation. I did, I, you know, everything. And I went and I did my, um, uh, all of that in, uh, in Florida. And, and when I was done with all that, there was no, to my knowledge, there was no uh, youth group uh, to attend. I mean, you went to CCD classes, you went off right. to all that. Yep. And then there was nowhere else for me to go. Yeah. Uh, okay. At least to my knowledge, if there was a youth group, I, I was unaware. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wound up then checking out other youth groups. I just, you know, through friends and through other things, I started attending, uh, you know, different youth groups. And really the, the group I was going to at camp was a youth group. And then I met a counselor out there who wound up getting a, a job as a youth pastor in town. So I started going there and that's where the, where that, youth ministry journey really began i mean you know i think the catholic church lost a great youth worker a great potential youth yep. worker here they, yeah. they just didn't have it going on I, I think it's one of the things that that really spurred me on in that regard because i thought man you know there's kids like me mm. who have nothing who have no youth group to go to and mm. and who knows you know how things are going to turn out to them i said man I, I think every church ought to have a successful youth ministry yes. to right. capture the attention of students you know, like me, who was in transition mm-hmm. uh, in that regard, moving out of, you know, confirmation class and the things, there was no, there was no transition, there was no uh, process to move me along, anything like that. And, and so I think that's where part of my passion, you know, came from, uh, from that was being under these, these two guys and later on a third mm-hmm. who really taught me um, the value of really good youth ministry. Um you know, I talk about these my three these three youth pastors who who really had that influence was you know there was uh, Bill who really taught me about uh, relationships about compassion. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was Tom who was my second youth pastor and he really taught me the value of study, uh, the value of scripture, um, the value of games, mm-hmm. uh, and then my third youth pastor Ed uh, really taught me the value of uh, evangelism and uh, and reaching uh, people for Christ. Mm-hmm. Wow. Were you going through a, a time, a rough time in your youth years, or were you still trying to behave yourself? You know, I think uh, up, I would probably say up to age 14, I probably tried to behave myself. And then after that, everything went downhill. <laughs> so for, for me, that was yeah. upon entering upon entering ninth grade or so. Uh, that was probably when I just probably just said the, the hormones kicked in and, the, yeah. and, uh, and not having a dad at home probably had an effect too. I mean, I just, mm. you know, my mom, uh, God bless her. Uh, you know, she loved me and cared for me. She was a good mom. Yeah. You know, without a dad at home, no, there was nobody, there was no iron fist really. Mm-hmm. I mean, my mom was pretty tough. Now don't yeah. get, don't get me wrong. But when a young man wants to do what a young man wants to do, it's hard for, it's hard for just mom, right. uh, sometimes to, um, to reel that in. So moving on from your youth into your family life, um, yeah. Now I know your story a little bit about your meeting your wife, which is Kim. I mean, that is correct. Met yeah. my wife at camp. Your wife. You met her at camp. Tell us a little bit about how you met your wife and how things started from there. Well, I had been, and uh, you know, um, when you're a camp counselor, if you do several summers, um, you and I was probably a camp counselor probably for I want to say six or seven years. I remember my first year. As a camp counselor, I was 18 years old, 
and worked in the dish corner. I was okay. uh, doing dishes. And over those years, I mean, as counselors and young men and ladies tend to do, they tend to find, you know, uh, you know, relationships and, and, you know, want to date and, you know, and some of those are, are you know, lasting and some of those, you know, don't, don't work out so well. And usually it's just summer love mm-hmm. or summer lust, as I like to call it. <laughs> uh, and, um, and so for, for me, I just, I decided the year that I was going to work at the camp was my, I think my last year as a, that I was going to do it. I just said, because I was going to go off, I was going to go off to uh, uh, a discipleship program mm-hmm. out in uh, Phoenix, Arizona called Master's Commission. Mm-hmm. And I said that year, I said, listen, I'm just not going to, I'm just not going to date this year. And uh, I, I said, I'm just not going to do it. And I said, so us guys, three of us, four of us probably got together and said, we're, we're going to form this club uh, where we're just not going to date this summer. We're going to hold each other accountable okay. and there's going to be rules to this thing. And, and uh, upon that, uh, discussing that, at the table at uh, lunch, I think it was, my now wife, Kim, uh, walked in the door, and I immediately looked at everybody on the table and just said, I'm out. <laughs> I said, I'm, I said, uh, I'm out of the club. I was going to ask you how club. long did that I'm last, but you you gave us the clue. 30 seconds. It was done. And she walked in. I was in the club for 30 seconds. I said, right there. I said, I'm, I'm going to date that to get out of I know. I've never heard of that. That was a quick membership. Did it cost you a lot? Uh, uh, it, it cost me absolutely nothing. I gained everything. Right. Oh, gained wow. Well, there wife. you go. There I, you gained, go. I gained a beautiful wife and three beautiful kids. Uh-huh. Uh, so I gained everything from, from dropping out of that club. That, so, was, that, was, that, that club would have doomed me. And so uh, I am thankful <laughs> it would have. Uh, that I got out of that club. Like <laughs> so how long did it take from the time that you set your eyes on your, your wife? Or future wife. After the thirty seconds. After the thirty seconds, how long was it before you asked her for your hand, her hand? Uh, probably two years, because both of us still had school to finish. Okay. I had to go finish. I had to finish through. So I was going to say about two years, and she wound up moving to Florida to take a uh, teaching position. Okay. And uh, and so it was probably two years. Probably two years after that. I mean, and, and back in the day, you know, before the interwebs, mm-hmm. uh, we actually wrote letters to each other. Oh wow! And, wow, they uh, still do. They still they, exist. They do somewhere. I have so, them. I have some oh, of them, have them in a uh, in a <laughs> box or something somewhere where we had written each other cards and Christmas mm-hmm. cards and whatnot. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so yeah, we would write we would write letters back and forth. And and um, and so yeah, it was a. Uh, it was a uh, good deal. God had really uh, blessed me and gave me a great woman and gave Amen. me a, uh, a helpmate and, and somebody who really complimented my life. So I am forever grateful. So I have a question for you. When she was leaving, did you sing her that song, Please Don't Go? Uh, no, I didn't. I, I mean, I was, just this way, I was pretty focused. So I know everybody had to go do what they had to do. I mean, yeah. she had to go to school. I had to go to do because I was on a mission. I really was. I was. I knew in my heart that I was going to be a youth pastor. Oh, cool! And in fact, she later on told me. She later on told me that God had told her that she was going to marry a youth pastor. Oh, wow! So, uh, so, so that was a uh, that was a good deal for me, also. Wow. So, uh, so I was pretty. I was pretty single minded mm-hmm. in in regards to pursuing that. So, you said it took you two years to get married. All right. So then you got yeah. married and you moved. Um, you moved somewhere. Where did you move to? Stay in Vero Beach, or yep, stayed in Vero Beach. Yep, came back and wound up uh, working at uh, my first church, Central Assembly, okay. uh, there in Vero Beach, and was uh, was youth pastor there for four years. And so, 
uh, that was just the beginning of, uh, of what I what I would say is a, was has been a very long journey. Uh, right. It seems mm-hmm. like thirty years or uh, just a pretty long time. And it seems like uh, yesterday. And, and you know what? Uh, yeah, I know. Well, it passed it passed by because you were you know you were on the team with me, right? You right. were you were at the church and and uh, and you know there's plenty of adventures uh, going on there. There's plenty of uh, you know crazy stories with you know kids and. Right. Uh, doing lock-ins, and um, I remember we oh, did. Yeah. I don't know if you were there by the time when we did uh, when we did our uh, ultimate gladiator. I think we did ultimate gladiator. Oh like, wow! One one year, and so we at the time, you know, uh, all, you know the, the the gladiator show was really big on uh, mm-hmm. well, American Gladiator. That was called American Gladiator. Right. It was really mm-hmm. big on TV, and so we so I tried to pull off, and I did every event. Uh, that was on the show in some way. I mean, we made giant, what they call those giant pugil sticks, where mm-hmm. where, where they look like giant, um, uh, uh, you know, Q-tips, where yeah. you would fight on a on mm-hmm. a on a, pa- on a uh, pad and you mm-hmm. fight on these little pedestals over there. We did yeah. that, and I made those. I remember, I remember those. I made those out of PVC pipe and oh, yeah. foam and duct tape. You, hey, you duct tape do works with everything. With see, yeah. if there's everything, use duct tape. And so. Uh, <laughs> It's one of the top. It's one of the top supplies that youth pastor should have in his or her arsenal. PVC duct tape, tape and foam. Right now. Yep. That's it. <laughs> you just go. You just go to the store right now and go get you something. Okay. That will that will give you all kinds of things to do. They, and so I remember doing events, you know, like that. I remember one time. I'll tell you a good story. I was tell, teaching the youth on um, on tithing, mm-hmm. and uh, and I set up this elaborate. Uh, thing where i had arranged with a police officer okay uh to come to the youth group and i told parents and i you know set this whole thing up i let parents know what i was doing that's probably one of the smart things i did there i, I let parents know because what i was going to do was is i wound up taking all my kids to jail and, oh uh, so now why would i do that so here's how i set it up i had an officer who would come to our church uh set it up like this i had preached the message uh, and I was right at the very beginning of the meeting. I started pre- preaching, and then an officer came in and notified me that something had been stolen. And, uh, and mm. everybody got to come down to the station. Everybody had to come down to the station. And, and then, and so for what I did with these kids, so I wound up taking them, and I had the traditional, uh, uh, had them get the paddy wagon. The, uh, really? Uh, big, they still have those you know, things? I, they did then. I don't know what they have now. They don't I, have I don't think so. They, I've, now, I they, now they got the paddy vans. Paddy vans. <laughs> that, that's right. And so uh, they had that. And so we loaded up all the kids. The kids went, like, well, who, what was stolen? I said, guys, it's super valuable. Uh, if anybody wants to talk about it now, let me know. And nobody said anything. So we loaded everybody up, got them down to the station. And then from there, uh, I actually locked them up in a jail. Uh, we locked them in the jail. Of course, I did not go in there with them. They oh. all went in the jail because they were in trouble. And so I, from outside the jail, talked about uh, Malachi uh, 316, where the Lord talks about, you know, stealing from the Lord. You know, talks about not mm, giving. Wow. You know, okay. when you don't give. When you don't give, uh, you know, it's like it's like being thrown in jail. You know, you're, you know, you're robbing the Lord of, of your, wow. you know, your time, your talent, your gift, and your money. And mm-hmm. I said, and I said, okay, so if you have your offering tonight, if you'd like to get out of jail, uh, you're welcome to give in the offering. Now, some people say, well, that's super dramatic. Now, look, I didn't make everybody give. I didn't make everybody, mm-hmm. you know, nobody had to give their wallets over, things like mm-hmm. that. But the, but the point was made 
was that giving was super important. Mm-hmm. And then if you wow. don't, you wind up in, in financial prison. Mm-hmm. You wind up in a, uh, you know, a selfish prison. You wind up in those things. And so that was a, that's a, that's a, one of my favorite stories to, mm-hmm. to share just because uh, I do like the overly dramatic. I do like to make a that's point good, when, I'm, right. when I'm speaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like them to be memorable. I like them to be something that they, they don't forget. I'm uh, sure so they did me, it. That's, that's, yeah, they did. Wow. Uh, you know, and and I, I hope they didn't. Uh, right. But like I said, it was a it was a fun night. It was a it was a fun uh, fun deal. And then we all uh, I think we all went out to eat after that or something like that. We all had something okay. uh, that was fun to do. For those who are they're listening, and you're a youth worker or you're a pastor, let me tell you something. The 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 value of longevity in ministry. If you can stay in it long enough, you will eventually see. Uh, students, and it's hard at the beginning. You have to stay in it. At, least, at, at a church, I would say you have to be a minimum to get any traction, to see any fruit, to see any movement. Uh, I'm going to say you have to be there at least three years mm-hmm. because you're going to go through uh, a bunch of things. You're going to go through hardships. You're going to go, you have to go through some things right. to be able to see the fruit come of this. And you have to be at somewhere for at least three years. To, to see that. So if you're in those stages, if you're a youth worker, uh, volunteer or paid or bivocational, whatever it may be, uh, let me encourage you to stay in it long enough. And if you stay in it really long, like me, uh, you know, for, for 30 years or so, uh, you're going to have uh, tremendous stories, not just about events, but about, a, about relationships and about the, the times where you spoke into kids' lives and the times that you said things in, that kids will bring up to you later on that, um, you know, that, uh, that will resonate with you and that will uh, bring you joy in your later years in ministry that you spent that time, you know, right. uh, and some guys just, and girls just quit too soon. So let me encourage you to be patient and stay in it uh, for as long as you can endure because right. uh, sometimes it's just hard. You know, that's one of the truths of youth ministry. Youth ministry is hard. All ministry is hard. But youth ministry is hard, and you yeah. have to stay in it um, in a fair amount of time to see the fruit that you really want to see. Been the youth youth pastor, as you said earlier, for over thirty years, and um, you've kind of you kind of I don't wouldn't say retire from that because that would make you really like old, but you know. Man, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. First, you compliment the guy, and now you're calling him old. Come on, Kevin. He's not. I'm not feeling the love for him. Well, let me tell you what he's, but he's, but he's Nelson. He's right in this fact because I did retire from. I retired and retired. People talk about that. You know, I was. I mean, I was two years ago, almost two mm. years ago now. So, so for me, retirement. You retire at any age if you want. It's right. just that there's no money involved. Mm-hmm. You can you can retire from anything. That doesn't mean doesn't mean you're retiring that you have made a lot of money. Which, right. by the way, for those listening, if you're if you're a youth pastor, uh, youth pastoring is a great job. It is not necessarily a great career. Right. It is not uh, something where you're going to make a ton of money mm-hmm. uh, doing that. That is a that is a passion project, so to speak. Amen. It yeah. is something you do, and and you really got to uh, you know, do some other things, which is the reason why I chose at the time I did to really retire from full time youth pastoring, not from youth ministry. And I retired from it because I really felt the Lord had put on my heart to do some other things that that uh, was was not going to be conducive. It wasn't fair. It wasn't fair to my current youth group, which, which, by the way, God is good in this regard, well, in every regard. But in this specific situation, God was super good to me because I spent eight years 
at that church, which was right. twice as wow. many wow. as my first church. Right. And wow. so God was God was good in the fact of showing me because because I had gone through everything I had gone through, uh, you know, you know, being let go from churches, all those things, and it was a time in a place where I was not going to go back to youth ministry. I was mm-hmm. not going to. I was tired of the church. Mm-hmm. I was tired of the organization. I was tired of the uh, leaders. I was tired of just being, you know, just mm-hmm. being second class citizens, which a lot of times youth pastors are considered and children's workers. Yeah. Uh, uh, and any of these other other you know um, uh, you know utility. Uh, ministries, mm-hmm. uh, and I you said, said a good word, utility back. ministries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These utility ministries that you know that that are not given um, a lot of the respect that they're due. Um, and so for me, uh, it was a blessing in regards to this because I wasn't going to go back. I wasn't going to do it, and I just felt in my heart, I said, I want to go out my way. Right. You know, I wanted to do French Sinatra. I wanted yeah, to, that's what I, I was going to say. I wanted to do it the way I said, you know what, this is a, this, Nelson, you're talking about a sad story. A sad story would have been uh, man leaves youth ministry uh, due to uh, aggravating circumstances. Right. And he never go, he never moves on. Right. Yeah. He, he, but, but let me tell you something. When I was working and just so happens I was working at the camp, I had read a book called Crucified uh was it crucified? Oh, crucified by Christians by Gene Edwards, mm. and it was a phenomenal book that showed me that says, "Look, that it, it is the it is oftentimes the religious people mm-hmm. who um, who do you in yeah. if you allow them to." Mm-hmm. And the fact that uh, and I read this book and I, and after, shortly after reading that book is when I got a call to go back into the ministry mm-hmm. and say, "Okay." Uh, and I did that because my wife uh, had lived in Alabama, and this was her hometown. And this was church that was calling me was um, the, her home church. It's the church she grew up in. Oh wow! And uh, and so that's how I got here to Alabama. But the but the thing is this is that I, the story could have ended and ended sadly and ended poorly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Lord allowed me by grace alone allowed me to re-enter back into youth ministry. And then at the end of these eight years. I just felt it was time. I was doing it, it was it was really doing that youth group a disservice in many ways because right. I said, you know what, I'm tired. I have done everything I felt like I could do with this youth group. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I could have kept it just as a as a job and said, Okay, I'm just gonna do this but I don't think that's what students deserve and there happened to be a fantastic young man. I had an intern at that point, uh, a young lady named Susanna and a young man who led worship named Mason and I said, Listen guys, I said, you know, I, I just you know had done mission trips with them, introduced missions to them, took them on these journeys. And these eight years were just fantastic. And the Lord allowed me to, to have that, that youth ministry experience that I really always wanted, which wow. was to be long-term enough <laughs> yeah. to make an impact, to do the things I felt like I was supposed to do, to, to live out some dreams and goals and minister to kids and do these things. And then I eventually just said, look, you know, that, <clears throat> that my time, their time and my time were were diverging mm-hmm. because I thought the Lord was calling me to do some other things, mm-hmm. and um, and so in doing that, I said, "Look, these kids need somebody who's a little bit younger. Fifty uh, is not old. Fifty one is not old. No. Uh, old is the state of mind." But I really felt like this youth ministry needed needed some juice. It needed some energy. It needed oh, yeah. something else. Yeah. And so for me, I said, "Look, I'm going to step away from this." 
so that this youth ministry can do what it needs to do mm-hmm. without worrying about me and tradition and this is the way right. we've always done it and all that stuff. Right. That was, that that was maturity right there. Yeah. Well, uh, how how different is that, Nelson, from I the know. first time I left? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Right. But oh yeah. I left my I left my first church in pride and arrogance, mm-hmm. and I left my second one. I think in wisdom and yeah. in uh, that's awesome. Uh, in in you know in in that in a different in different manner than when I left the the, the first one. And right. so once again, that's not to say that once again everything was roses. In fact, it's, mm-hmm. it's still not roses in that regard. But I still go. I still preach. Mm-hmm. Uh, this will be this year will be be the 18th year that I've gone back to the camp that I received Christ at. Uh, to preach. Uh, I preach at a camp in Virginia. And since leaving, I've had probably four or five uh, different odd jobs and things I'm doing to support ministry and to, mm-hmm. to do life and to pay bills. And that's just the price of ministry. I don't really, once again, this is not about delusion of grandeur. This is about the price that needs to be paid to live your dreams. Right. You if you want to live your dreams, guess what? You're, you're not going, there is no easy way to do that. It's just, you go do it. And so uh, whether that's me doing my podcast, whether that's me writing books, whether that's me uh, on my YouTube uh, videos, whether that's whatever that is, constantly creating, putting things out there to do those things. That's, that was the goal to leave, uh, which I'd done. I'd done. Uh, I'd equipped youth workers my whole life. Mm-hmm. But I really wanted to make it a full time focus to say, look, I want to equip because of my experience in good youth work in the sense of having good youth workers myself right. and participating and by the grace of God, good youth work and good youth ministry. I want to help guys who, like me, right. are in their churches and are struggling with bad leadership. They're struggling to find themselves. They're struggling against these making bad decisions. They're struggling against pride and arrogance. They're str- they're trying to find their way. There's young guys and young ladies who are wanting some answers and things, and, and that's the whole reason why I left this last church and retired, cool. so to speak, from full-time youth pastoring so I could spend more time uh, helping youth pastors build successful youth ministries so they can make lifetime disciples of Jesus. Cool. And that's the, that's the goal. That's the whole, that is the whole shebang right there as right. far as what I'm trying to do. And once again, the lessons are still coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's no end to the learning uh, that you will do if you follow Jesus. Right, right, right. And you said a key point, though, which is... Uh, you were willing to pay the price. Right, right. Well, you know what? We've been talking a lot about your life from the start to all the way to your retirement. But unfortunately, we're running out of time. So what I like to do, Paul, is I like to pick yeah. up this story next week, basically from your retirement, into the things that you have moved on to. Uh, you're more of your consulting. You're, 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 author, you're an author of the Discipleship Project, uh, Prepared for Impact, you're youth communicator, camp speaker, and stuff like that. We like to go over next week if you have time. To come on back, and we'll sure. t- we'll talk about that stuff. Your podcast, um, youth ministry in motion. We like to do that. Was that. good to me. So that's good. So um, I like to thank my guest Paul Turner for being on yes, the show sir. today. My co-host Nelson Melendez, and I like to thank everybody for tuning in and check in next week for part two of yes. the conversation with Paul Turner. Yes. Thanks again for being here. Ciao.